verse 1 and 2 of Hebrews chapter 11. And then we'll read down verse 39 and 40 of the same chapter. Verse 1 and 2, Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Now go to verse 39 and 40 at the end of the chapter. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And may the Lord add his blessings to the word even as we look into it uh, this morning. The dash, your dash. I'm going to explain what I mean by that in a minute, but it, it, it is significant, so don't forget that. You can, you can write down anything else you want about the message, but make sure you write down the dash. Hebrews 11, verse 39 and 40 as we look at the, t- the chapter, it begins with anticipation. It's looking ahead. For by it, men of old obtained a good testimony. So it's looking ahead. As we're looking ahead, we're going to have, in this chapter, different examples and demonstrations of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, by definition, we've used in J- uh, Oswald Sanders' uh, definition of that. It's, it's to treat the future as the present and as the, the invisible as the seen. And we'll see throughout this chapter then examples and demonstration of individuals who treated the future as the present and the invisible as seen. And so we're looking ahead, we're in anticipation uh, about these, these men of old, a good testimony. Then when we come then to the end of the chapter, the commendation, looking back, all these obtained a good testimony through faith. These, these men and women that we will read about between verse 2 and verse 39, uh, they, they have demonstrated faith. They've demonstrated the, and they have treated the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. And they're looking ahead, and now as we come to the end of the chapter, we look back. So what's in between the beginning and the end? That's the dash. Let me read this poem to you, and it'll make even more sense, I believe. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates of his tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of his birth and spoke of the following date with tears, but said what mattered most of all was the dash between the years. For the dash represents all the time that he spent alive on earth, and now only those who loved him know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we won, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spent the dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash 
might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions, actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent the dash? There's the beginning. They're looking forward. Now we're looking back how these men and these women spent the dash. So that's what we're talking about, the dash. This is faith-filled. So several descriptions. I'm just going to hit the highlights. I'm not going to cover every one. We've already preached through them. So I'm going to hit them real quickly, just again to say to you, how are you spending your dash? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith always involves the unseen, the definition itself. Treat the future as a, as a present, the invisible as, as the seen. The world says seeing is believing, but God says believing is seeing. Faith always involves the unseen. Now, let me, let me suggest this to you. You don't need to sit down and write down all these down. But my prayer, as I look forward to this morning, is that maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, oh, that, that, one, that one really speaks to me. The Spirit of God is really using that to speak to me. And maybe there's one or two or three, but those ought to be the ones you write down. So when you review and think back through, it says, okay, God, this I need to change. Because your dash could be this long or it could be this long. You don't know. So faith, verse 1, faith always involves the unseen. The world says seeing is believing, but God says believing is seeing. In verse 3, Faith explains the universe. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Remember, to treat the, pre- the future as a present and the invisible as a seen, it faith helps explain the universe. Science without faith leaves you in a hopeless quandary. Science with faith will always lead you to God. Think about that. Faith explains the universe. In verse 5 and 6, faith gains acceptance with God. Verse 5 and 6. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Faith gains acceptance with God. How is that? By pleasing him. You see, there two choices on the shelf. You can live for God, or you can live for self. Faith gains acceptance with God by pleasing him. Verse 8 and 10. Faith steps out and never looks back. Look at verse 8, 9, and 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with whom, uh, with him of the same promise. For he waited for a city which was foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Faith steps out and never looks back. Genesis chapter 12, we see that he receives and establishes Abrahamic covenant with, with um, God. Establishes the covenant with Abraham. Abraham never looked back. One of the things as you look through the book of Hebrews... The challenge that the author is giving to the readers, they were being tempted to look back. 
Because of persecution and pressure was put on them for, about their faith, they were looking back. Many were going back. Abraham, faith, steps out and never looks back. Listen, the pull and lure of the world is strong all around us. It always will be. But faith, treating the future as a present and the invisible as seen, never looks back. It always looks up to God. Verse 13 to 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Faith believes when circumstances don't make sense. We sing that hymn, I just keep trusting my Lord as I walk along. I just keep trusting my Lord, and he gives a song. Though the storm clouds darken the sky or the heavenly trail, I just keep trusting my Lord, he will never fail. Old Testament believers lived and died not ever receiving the promises. Why? Because they treated the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. Faith believes when circumstances don't make sense. And let me tell you something. The longer you live, the more you realize it just doesn't make sense. But faith believes when circumstances don't make sense. Do we have our faith in the circumstances? Or our faith in the God of the circumstances? See, faith believes even when circumstances don't make, make sense. Verse 17 and 19, faith holds nothing back from God. These are great verses here. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him, in a figurative sense. Faith holds nothing back from God. Death cannot cancel the promises of God. Abraham had waited a long time. In his old age, he and Sarah had a son. Sarah was unable to have any more children. Isaac was the son of promise. He was the seed that was given to Abraham and Sarah that was going to build into millions of people. But God came to Abraham one day there in Genesis chapter 22 and said, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and I want you to take him out to a mountainside and I want you to sacrifice him there to me. There's no record of Abraham ever questioning or wondering or delaying. He said they got up the next day and they left. And as they were walking up the mountain, Isaac turned to him and said, you know, I see the wood and I see the fire, where's the lamb? And Abraham says to his son Isaac, God will provide himself. A lamb. And then we find, as we read here in Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham actually believed that if he had to kill Isaac, that God would have raised him from the dead. And even so, that being true, comes to this. Faith holds nothing back from God. Faith risks everything gladly. See, it cannot cancel the promises. It risks everything gladly. Verse 23, as we go, back, go on here and talk about Moses. 
By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Faith risked everything, gladly. The, the king, Pharaoh, would come into control and rule. The Israel was growing and growing and growing. And so he did, he, he did not know Joseph, had no relation or contact with him, may have heard about him. So he, in turn, enslaved the Jews and brought them into slavery, and then they continued to multiply, so he said that they had to kill the firstborn son. I'm sorry, they had to build, kill any male child that was born. And when Amram and uh, Jochebed, son was born, Moses, they took him in the, as a baby, uh, made a small ark, pitched it inside and out so it could float, and put him in the bulrushes. Miriam, his sister, watched over him, to make sure that he was cared for and okay. Well, Pharaoh's daughter happened to come by the, sea, the uh, riverside, and she found this baby, and of course Moses basically was adopted into Pharaoh's household. But Amran and Jochebed, their faith stands out because they risked everything. Gladly. Here's the thing. They feared God more than they feared the king. See, faith will risk everything. They feared God more than they feared the king. Faith risked everything. They treated the future as a present and the invisible as seen. Verse 31, faith brings down the walls of impossibilities. This, of course, you probably have already figured this one out there in uh, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho came down after they were encircled for seven days. Nothing seemed more absurd than the sight of thousands of Jews marching silently around the walled city of Jericho while priests blew the trumpets in front of the Ark of the Covenant. And then they stopped, and they shouted, and the walls fell down. Faith brings down the walls of impossibilities. What, what is the fortress? What's the fortress that the devil set in your way, in your path? What is your besetting sin? What is it that you struggle with every day? That's the fortress. Faith brings down the walls of impossibilities. Their faith rested in God and his ability to overcome these things. Gideon is another good example. Little as much when God is in it. Faith brings down the walls of impossibilities. What battle, what spiritual battle are you fighting right now? Faith treats the future as a present and the invisible as seen. Verse 32. Faith empowers flawed heroes, or, or as it says here. And what more shall I say? This is actually, as he comes towards the end of the chapter, it's, he's coming to the conclusion, and he's, and he's trying to summarize it best he can. It's almost like he's going to hit us real quick. He says, for the time which would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, and also of David and Samuel and the prophets. None of these men were wholly admirable. Each had significant weaknesses. They were all messed up in one way or another, pretty much like us. But, but if God could use them... God can use you. See, faith empowers flawed heroes. 
They treat the present, the future as the present, and the invisible as seen. Then down to verse 35. Faith pays a great price. As we spent time looking through that, some of you can remember that. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world is not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. There was nothing wrong with their faith. They were just as pleasing to God in their agony as the saints who were delivered by great miracles. Why? Because they treated the, the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. Sometimes we question and we wonder about that. But the truth of the matter is their faith was just as great and it's commended. It's commended here in the book of Hebrews how they spent their dash. The mighty fortresses are God, written by Martin Luther in verse 4. He says, Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they might kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Faith paid a great price. But the faith treated the future as a present and the invisible as a scene. Which brings us then to our verses today. Faith joins us, faith, faith joins us with a glorious past. Here we are. Remember, this is a living faith chapter. There's saving faith in Romans chapter 4. And Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. He believed God, he was saved. He believed God's message. If you've believed God's message, John 3.16 or Romans 5.8, and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're saved. Hebrews chapter 11 is living faith. These are, these are demonstrated examples of living faith. These are individuals who were saved, who put their faith in Christ, or in this case, they put their faith in God, just like Abraham did. But their testimony and witness to us is that as we have put our faith in Christ, we need to have a living faith. We need to demonstrate, be an example for others that would follow us, possibly. How are you spending your dash? All these heroes lived and died before Christ. Yet, they lived by faith. They had a, ti- a, a tiny spark of light, but we have the light of the world. They had the sacrifices, but we have Jesus, the fulfillment of the sacrifices. They saw the coming of Christ afar off, but we know him personally. The point is this. If they manage to do great things by faith, we have no excuse when we don't. Listen, and I understand, we're all caught up in how I can manipulate, how I can work things my way. And then we pray about it. And then we say, okay, God, make this work. Rather than starting out with our confidence and our prayer in God, to give him to give us wisdom and guidance, indeed that we will display our faith. Brings us this question. Who will be the next hero of faith? Why not you? Why not you? 
I'm going to play for you in a minute a, a, a song. Steve Green is the one who probably has sung this most and known by this, but find us faithful. Let's say you died right now. Or let's say Carl and I died. And our kids weren't able to get down here to the house right away. And so someone got into our house and tried to get things arranged for our family as they came. What would you find? How did we spend our dash? What would you see? There's one framed picture we have hanging on the wall. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And you might ask the question, did they really? We have a bookcase of children's books. Did they really read those books? Yes, but we read them to the grandkids. If you go up to study, you would see some books about the Bible, about the Word of God, but you also see a lot of detective mysteries. You say, well, they must have read a lot. But would you find something questionable that would you would question how they spent their dash? Do you get the point? What if it was your house? How are you spending your dash? After all our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind, may the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we, we leave lead them to believe, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. How are you spending your dash? Now listen to the song. Find us
all stand together as we go forth think on these things this message this morning if you're here and you don't know Christ your personal savior this message was directed to believers if you don't know Christ we certainly invite you to come to Christ we will show you from the scriptures how to be saved but as you go forward from the service. How are you spending your dash? Father, thank you for your faithfulness. On a daily basis, we have so much more and these believers that were listed here in Hebrews. And yet they accomplished great things by faith. And Father, I pray as we go into this day, throughout this day, through this week, in the days and years ahead, may we treat the future as the present and the invisible as seen. Indeed, Lord, that we in turn will be faithful and found faithful. That we will be the next hero of faith. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.